With a bad foot pumped up Because statistics are the best The bad foot pumped up Because you don't need footwear to bet Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. The Pope is with us as well. We take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the AFL and NRL 2021 season. And it's a big welcome back to The Logical One. Thanks, Mug. Great to see that you included Mug, I mean, sorry, the Pope in there this year or this week. A little bit... You could work on that that seamlessness, but you got him in there. You wedged him in there, so it was good because he's a big part of the show. Big week or big day today. I don't know whether you've been following the news, the succession plan. I don't know whether our listeners have been following it. Big, big news today from the Barefoot, the succession plan. Logical has decided that he's going to be stepping aside and the mug is going to be taking over in two years' time. It's, a, it's, it's huge news in the world of sport. Well, this is news to me, actually. I, was, uh, I, I wasn't familiar with that news, Logical. I was familiar with the news about uh, Alistair Clarkson uh, today. Um, Jeffrey sends me as a paid-up, passionate, proud member of the Haw- Hawthorne Football Club. I get the email from Jeff straight away. So that came through at about 2 o'clock today and I thought, where are we? What's going on here? But I, I think it's a, I think it's a good move for the Hawks. He can't be there forever. Uh, I would like him to be, but you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, for him to just be a Ke- Kevin Sheedy and be there for thirty. You gotta, you gotta walk away at some time. And I think now's probably a good time. Is Sam Mitchell the person? I'm not so sure, but. Uh, Anyway, that's the way you're they've gone. Mug, you're much more positive than you were five minutes before we were, <laughs> ago before we went on air. So obviously well, this is your on air. Well, I, I find Sam Mitchell to be a bit arrogant, a bit smug, and I just wonder, you know, how that would play out in a coaching sense with a, a bunch of young guys trying to achieve something. So, But I really hope that he proves me wrong and, and he comes along and, and, and does really well with his coaching career. But I think uh, with succession plan, there's probably – it's got a bit of a bad reputation because of the Buckley-Maltaus, the way that worked out whilst Buckley and Maltaus were still there and then and, and post that – but I th- there has been some good results. I think Longmire and Ruse, Longmire got some premierships. Leon Cameron and, and Sheedy, I think, worked pretty well. The good ones now going quite well at Melbourne. So there has been success stories with it. And I do think that these guys are more likely to stay amicable than what they're maybe not as well. Clarkson's quite a personality, but you'd hope they'd stay a bit more amicable than the Buckley. Yeah, well, I mean, one. And, and what's the other alternative? You know, you just sack a guy and then start a search for a new coach like um, I think this is as good a option as any so look I, I think it's okay we better say welcome to the program to the Pope thanks Mug I'll take your succession plan I'll raise your COVID parties in biosecurity bubbles that have you running away from cops for NRL so whatever you have in the AFL I can raise you for NRL generally now, talk to us about this, Pope, because I, I'm actually not across this. I've, I've just seen some mad ramblings um, from our Captain Jack uh, on, our, uh, on our feed. But what's happened in the NRL? Well, I don't know where to start, but I'll start with people hiding underneath beds from police, others leaving their wallet at the centre of crime, running away, but their car's parked at the front with their personal number plates. So not the most intelligent party you'd ever come across and as a result we've had uh, one guy lose his job Paul Vaughan's been terminated today so big day for the Dragons in a negative sense and we'll obviously go through the ramifications of that as the show goes on. Pope how many of the starting 13 were at this party? 12. 
12. It's a strong leadership group in Dragons. I see, I see the 12 of them there's been – have they staggered suspensions because they just – otherwise the modeler, he'd just blow his model up. The model wouldn't know what to do. There wouldn't be anyone to play. Did they stagger some sus- suspensions? They will be. They're not playing this week in pre-origin round that they have a buy, but they're saying f- the four subsequent matches to that it's going to be a staggered suspension. So it's probably not good news for the model. They'd probably want it one game out of the way and then move on with the rest of the competition. But he's got to deal with it for the next he's month. He's tearing his hair out. And I think I saw a collective $300,000 of fines. Is that correct? 300, 300 grand. Then I think there might have been a, f- a bit more on top from the club today. So that was NRL. So oh. we're up near half a million all have got mat- at least one match ban. One's had his contract terminated, so carnage for the Dragons, and it's it's had a effect on their top eight, miss the eight price as a result too. That their season might be out the door, which is opens the door elsewhere. So I tell you what, the guy who got the one match ban, he should be considering himself pretty lucky. He might be, he might be the one who's still running away, but his car's still parked at the still at the party. He might he might be still in the run, so they just haven't caught up with him yet. And uh, I heard the guys on our uh, sister podcast, uh, the uh, the horse racing guys. I think Jamie Carr got herself into a bit of bit of strife, and maybe I know uh, we got our producer Pistol over here. I might just get him to uh, give him a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Did Jamie Carr end up getting suspended as a result of these? No, he's just given us the I don't know. So <laughs> interesting times in the world of sport, horse racing, and uh, and NRL. The uh, it's just a gift that keeps giving those NRL boys, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, if those NRL boys do pay those fines, they'll be the only ones in Australia that are paying COVID <laughs> fines. So they'd be a little bit unlucky. <laughs> Very good. Um, Logic, I've got a uh, – we'll straighten up a little bit here. I've got a, uh, a punting question for you. Um, Darcy Parrish has won three medals. Now, we spoke last week about Bont and also you felt as though uh, Oliver was still the bet at the price. Is Darcy Parrish coming into calculation? Three medals? Can he win another one? Darcy Parrish is one of the most improved players in the comp. As you well know, we had him in a, an SGM earlier on in the season. He couldn't even get to 20 disposals in the first game of the year. And it wasn't those first couple of games of the year, he wasn't showing much. Previous years, he hasn't shown a, a lot. He's still got some issues with his disposal, but he's become a real clearance player. He's playing extremely well. Three medals. I don't know why Essendon have three medals this far into the season. It's a bit of a joke, isn't it? But he's, he's in contention, but I... Uh, he's in that next rung down, I think, at yeah. the moment. And is that a games one issue or you think that the party's only sort of just catching up to him playing good footy in the last few weeks or it's a bit it's a bit of both. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um we've got our man Graham has been contacting us again, logical, and uh he just had a few questions around dangers flopping, he's diving, he's over exaggeration and um and are we going to start to see crowds booing Danger a la Adam Goods? He got booed out of the game, Goods. Should we be seeing something similar for Danger? Has Danger has, – has Selwood taken Danger under his wing and taught him how to flop? Has Danger got worse at flopping since he was at Geelong? And the crowd and the umpires, has that all exacerbated a bit? Because I don't remember him being as big a flopper at Adelaide. Well, I think we uh – we raised it a couple of years ago about Danger being a faker. He does fake his injuries and over-exaggerate his injuries, but it does seem now he's also over-exaggerating his free kicks. And I think this is – it's not a great look. And, uh, yeah, I think he needs to get that out of his game, Danger. Another uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, Logical, is we saw just about a market meltdown today. Um, Bet365 and TAB – sitting there with their plums well and truly hanging out at minus 12 and a half on that Essendon game. 
Big Brother went up at 24.5. Now, I've been following AFL markets pretty closely for about seven years, I reckon. I'm not sure I've ever seen a 12-point differential at a, at a market provider opener. Is that something that you've ever seen before or, and have you seen bigger? Back in the day, it used to be a lot different. So I've, it, I have seen things like that occur, but it, it's changed a lot. The tab used to go up on a Wednesday and everyone would be waiting for the Wednesday and then then slowly sports bets started to go up earlier and then tab would still go up on a Wednesday and there was big differences. So I have have seen things similar. But it was a real Arbor's dream this morning and, and – and the mug, I, I have got a little bit of it, an inside mug. Was there a little bit of arbing going on from the, from yourself well, there this morning? Well, Were I, you like I, a kid in a candy <laughs> store with that arb, arb machine out? Well, I'd already backed the minus 12 uh, for, uh, for um, uh, Essendon. But then when I saw the 24, I thought I've just got to go and grab some middle here as well. So um, I, I'm happy to were keep you backing, my- Were you backing both this morning is the question when that went up? Hundred percent, I was. <laughs> yeah, we, we got an arbor amongst us. Uh, well, hundred percent, I was. Um, For those that don't know what this, that when we talk about with an arb, that means that the mug is backing the minus at one bookie, so it might be minus twelve and a half, and the plus twenty four and a half at another bookie. He's going to lose the the dollar ninety. He's going to lose a little bit of juice, but he's got the chance of a gap, um, and it's it's really good value and a lot of a lot of um, you know, it's a, a punting strategy that a lot of Punters use. Yeah, I, I tend to always have a lean if I do that. Uh, I didn't in the Doggies North game, as I spoke about last week, but that might lead us into their, their next discussion, Logical, because I've got the bad side of that same strategy I'm going to talk about in a moment. So let's talk some bad beats. Did you see anything on the weekend? Well, it sounds like you've got one. That, let's go straight into yours because well, I'm intrigued now. Well, this is, this is a bit of a, a personal uh, bad beat. It's not – well, it's – Bad beat on two fronts. I took some Hawthorne 24 and a half when that went up uh, early um, last week. And um, and I took two units on that with the mindset that I only really wanted to have one unit on it. So I was going to take a bit back the other way at the jump. Now, the Pope had put us in an unbelievable position from a betting perspective on the Saturday with the Titans uh, bet I took some uh, 13 plus on his advice and I thought I've had a really strong Saturday um, I've beaten the market here by about 10 points I'm just going to let my two units ride on this one on, on the Hawks you know Burgoyne blah 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 all that stuff anyway the it gets to the last minute of the game um, it's about a 22 point margin uh, it was a minute and 13 actually because I remember it quite vividly and then Port Adelaide kicked two goals in the last minute and a half to, to blow the line out. So anyway, I, I, I do do my – you could think you may be a bit unlucky to miss out there, but hey, that happens, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until the Sunday night when I was doing my tally up, I realised I'd double bet it at another market and I'd had another two units at another market. Oh, so I've happen. actually – when I was originally only considering having one unit on it, I've ended up having four and uh, and dropped them all. So that was a personal bad beat. Oh, that's a shocker. It's a shocker. And and I think the other one probably for the weekend was Collingwood St Kilda. If you're on the if you're on the Saints at the the margins, which we were, they they looked really good. And that that, that last quarter was pretty disappointing. Uh, you know, like um, they only ended up winning by by eight, nine, nine points. points think, so yeah. it wasn't that close really in the end. But yeah. th- I think they got up thirty odd points up at one stage. Yeah, good, good, uh, good bet beaten there. Logical. What about the Pope? We had two one pointers on Friday night. 
mugs. So that was exciting news in what is becoming a very one-sided competition in terms of results. But to that, the Penrith v Parramatta game, which we talked about last week on the show, and the Modlo especially really liked the Parramatta price. Well, for the listeners who got on Parramatta, they were quite unlucky that Penrith went ahead late by a point in the last two minutes, but Parramatta got a penalty from the kickoff, so shot a goal after the siren to win it. And Mitchell Moses, the new origin halfback for New South Wales, pretty gettable kick for an NRL kicker, and he's put it wide under under the pressure, under the pressure cooker of a match-winning shot at goal. So he missed it and cost the punters there who are on head-to-head Parramatta at around 260, 275 for most of the week. So, so it's a pretty bad beat. So he's had a, he's had a shot for two two points to go to, for them to win by one. Yep. And what price would the average kicker be to kick that? Dollar thirty five, might, so might be a bit short. Maybe dollar forty. That's seventy percent. I think we're talking for a kick, kick like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In normal circumstances, outside of the pressure associated, Moses seems to come up a lot in these missed <laughs> kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Being costly, it's not good. It, it, it's not good for this podcast. <laughs> Logical one. You'd think that Moses would be good with the Pope, but it's not so. All the way, oil and water that relationship <laughs> at the moment. Very good. I think that's three times Moses has cost you, uh, cost you, Pope. Um, very good. All right, Logical, are you ready to do some games? Let's do it. First game Thursday night, and it's a big one over at Port Adelaide, uh, in Adelaide, which is uh, important to note. Um, Port Melbourne hosting Melbourne, $1.79 here, Port Melbourne, two oh seven. Uh, line, depending where you shop, around about two and a half, started at about pick. Logical, what are you seeing here? Yeah, it's been interesting following Melbourne the last few weeks. They have not been playing the footy. They've really dropped off. And I think part of that minor premiership price and what we were talking about earlier this year was they had a really soft draw early on and then they have the tougher draw later in the season. And they were playing good footy to make them have a rating that was made them one of the best teams in the comp. But there was a soft draw which may have given them that momentum. But... In recent times, they've really dropped off and they're not playing good footy. Their forward line's got s- some serious issues and they don't know whether they bring in Ben Brown or what they're going to do with Wiedemann. They're, they're tailing off probably better, worse than any other top sides. And then they go across to Port, who I think get back Butters and they yeah. might get back Cleary, I think. So they've got a couple of good players back. I think Port have been okay. I, I saw this and I, I'd made... Port like six to eight point favourites. Oh wow! So I saw the price and I was really keen. I, I and I still like Port here. Okay, yeah, I I was coming in the other way there. I thought I had Melbourne two point favourite, um, which is probably not really enough for me to be thinking bet at this point in time. But that's interesting. I definitely won't be betting on Melbourne now. Hearing you say that, <laughs> um, but that's that's interesting and a great tip up uh, for the listeners. Logical. That's uh, so yeah. Like they they I think like they went to Brisbane. And they beat Brisbane, but that's sort of the last time they played well. Then they, they Collingwood beat them by seventeen points. They they only just beat Essendon, didn't play very well, and then they got beaten by GRS. And these are at home as well. These games, I just don't really like what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, no, they. I mean, you can't dispute that they haven't had a very good month of football at all. Uh, the D. So, going to be interesting to see if they can turn it around and. Um, it's going to be a, a great match and, and a very interesting match anyway, and it has some implications for that top four. So uh, going to be a good watch. Yeah, and if they they win this game, 
which they still well could win their game. This is this is a time we want to be playing poor football. So it's not a bad thing for them season-wise if they continue to have wins. And, and probably also highlights that bet that you put the listeners into last week about the Doggies minor uh, is looking really solid now. So the one thing I did have a little bit of a look at, Logical, is there any uh, – do you have any thought about the Brisbane minor? Like is that – does that come into your calculations at all? I don't know if you've explored their draw. To me, their draw all of a sudden, especially with Richmond dropping that game pretty badly on the weekend, Brisbane's draw looks really soft as well. Could you see them streaking to the lead? You, you could, and I think they're probably as likely as Melbourne to win the minor now. And it's, this is why this is a massive game for that minor, in that if Melbourne do win, Brisbane then sort of have to take over two sides. Yep. You have to have two sides that really drop off the cliff from there. But if Melbourne do lose, then Brisbane only have to catch the doggies and it's out of them and the doggies almost. But I do still think the $2.10 around for the doggies for the minor this week is more the value. That's where I'd be looking. I was uh, I don't know if anyone reads any uh, Tony Cork stuff. He puts up some really interesting stuff on Matter of Stats and um, one of his ratings actually had the doggies at a, a 60% chance to take the minor. So that would be suggesting uh, well and truly, you know, that odds on price to, to take that out. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Next game, we're going to talk about MCG Saturday. Carlton taking on Geelong. Carlton here, uh, three ninety, and uh, Geelong a dollar twenty six. Uh, this one opened up around about eighteen and a half in the market. Um, Sportsbet put out twenty four and a half, and I think this one now has just sort of come back into that middle ground of twenty one, twenty two and a half. I quite like the Blues here. Logical. I, I can't get that line anywhere near that number. I know Cripps is maybe a, uh, a questionable. Um, player in this game but the Cats lose Jeremy Cameron and I think he has been really pivotal in their success we know the Blues don't go as well at uh, sorry the Cats don't go as well at the MCG and uh, and I can't get that line anywhere near that number so I'll be having one here uh, on the Blue Baggers this is this is why we have a succession plan because the mug he just he just knows it all now. But but <laughs> uh, but but what are you, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts as well. What are you seeing? No no, Jeremy Cameron pivotal. I think he's the player that has probably improved Geelong's chances when they play at the MCG. Like he and the other players play better around him, Rowan and Hawkins. They still haven't been amazing at the MCG this year, but they played that game against Richmond where they they really clicked the three forwards and they looked great. Tomahawk's playing. As well as he's ever played, he looked really good again last week. Cripps might be 50-50, but they'll get back Fisher and Williams, mm. Carlton, so they get a, they get a few cattle back as well. I made it about 18.5. I think yeah. MCG suits um, Carlton better than it does Geelong. But Carlton haven't been a, a very good side this year. I'm you know, not wrapped with them. About 8.5 is where I make it at the moment. So maybe a bet for me, but not massive. Yep, okay. All right, well, that's uh, always good to, uh, to speak to the great one. And the last game we're going to talk about, Logical, is actually on Monday night. Monday night football is back, uh, which is uh, which is good to see. West Coast are hosting North Melbourne, dollar nineteen here. West Coast and North Melbourne four seventy five. That line opened up at nineteen and a half, and now is out to about twenty six and a half. So a little bit of movement here as well, which is it's been great to see this movement today. Um, what are you seeing here, Logical? Well, firstly. The West Coast loss on the weekend does really make your bold statement that West Coast can't win the flag oh, look pretty accurate now. And it, and it disappoints me because that was the most fun I could potentially have for the rest of the season. 
doesn't look good for them. And but you did like the Swans last week, which was which we we should touch on. But but I did message you on the weekend I and say, how did you not be on those margins, I those know. big margins? And it clearly, if you like the, the team playing West Coast away from home, the way they they have delivered. Everything just led to them 60-plus or something. You could have been on a massive price there. That just gets the old uh, hand-in-the-head emoji straight back, uh, that one when uh, when you don't take the margin and it just flies over. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was, I guess winning, winning's always good. Yeah, I don't know what, what West – you know, Simpson looks like he doesn't know what to do. They will get a couple back with Gaff and Ryan, and Liam Ryan is a, is a, is a bit of a gun. Uh so he's he's pretty important, but but his game the other week wasn't amazing either. It's going to be wet. Playing the Kangas is probably the worst or second worst team in the comp. I just can't bet in this game. I just you know like because they're a bit of a flat track team as well. Unless you know it's going to be really wet, right on the off with Kennedy and Darling and these guys. I yeah, I'd probably probably stay out. Where did we end up with Shuey? Did he get rubbed out for that backhander? Have you seen that? Have we had news on? No, that? no. Well, I didn't. I didn't see anything news, and it's not. He's not in the outs for the for the week coming up. Yeah. Okay. So. Geez, I thought that that would have been a a walk up suspension for that one. You can't. I don't think that's something that you can be doing. But uh, anyway, it looks like he might have got away with that one. Uh, I could only be on North here. Logical. That number is starting to get out to a a backable number. Um, I'm just going to keep a bit of a market watch on that one and see where that one ends up and have a good look at the teams. West Coast, um, I'll be looking to see what they do at selection, particularly with their talls if it's wet. I think one thing about West Coast this year is they are too tall and I think that becomes exacerbated even further in the wet. And and I think North Melbourne, they've got a few bums low to the ground. You know, Cunnington, Zerha, uh, these sorts of guys um, um, – Stevenson and, and Taryn Thomas um, are very sort of skillful players and uh, and quick and and I think if this you know this rain comes and that side for West Coast if they persist with that tall lineup and North seem to have a full squad um, I'll be I'll be going on North Melbourne on this one. Yeah, well, it's been your cash cow recently getting against West Coast. Simpkins another one for the Kangas as well, who's going quite well. Yep. I just think with West Coast back at home, they, they have to show up and that, that worries oh, me. Oh, geez, we, we've thought that a few times and they just haven't seemed to be able to do it. So, I don't know. Um, will they do it this time? I, I'm, I almost just feel they've just about chucked it in the bin. So, I, yeah, I don't know. As the Pope says, maybe we'll, we'll just uh, roll the dice and be willing to find out. They are, they <laughs> are still in the eight and, and yep. they uh, get they get crowds back and they, you know, they cleaned up the Tigers there when they will and they were back at home last time. It hasn't proven to be as amazing form as you'd yep. think. The Kangas aren't, a, aren't world beaters. Nah. Um, but, you know, I'm not I'm not saying don't back the Kangas. I'm just neutral at the moment. Yep. No, good good, uh, good chat. All right, Logical. Well, that's uh, some good discussion there on AFL. It's time now to talk some NRL with the Pope. Round one of NRL round 17, and it's two of your favourite teams, Pope. Manly take on Canberra at Brookvale Oval. We've got Manly at $1.25 and 14-point favourites. How do you see this one? There's a few times every season, logical one, that something just doesn't make sense, and this doesn't make sense to me. This game, Turbo-less and Daly Chairman's Manly are going off minus 14, and Milk have their issues, and I am fond of them. There is a 
romant- romantic attraction there with the milk, but this is I, I can't get get my head around this number to be honest. I'd, without turbo, I'd think they're way too short, way too short, manly in this one. Well, you're very back on the milk. Pope, you're very durable. You're going to back up. You're courageous. You're going to stick with the milk. They've burnt you. There's a love hate affair there this year, but no turbo. We know there's no manly. If you try and put this in numbers, logical one. If this was with turbo. Depending on where you're rating, you're saying this is a minus 28, minus 30 line. That doesn't make sense to me. And I just, I can't get in there that they did beat North Queensland without turbo post-Origin 1. It's it's just too short. And I, I thought I must have missed something. I thought Canberra must have had their own COVID party and missing players that I hadn't read about that when I saw these prices. And it's kept going Manly's way. I'd, yeah, we're on the milk here with trepidation. And something's rotten down there. Something's really wrong. But they're... It's just too short. I just can't. I can't have it at, without turbo. Well, as always, we got the modelers set earlier today as well, and he's he's pretty neutral on this game. But if anything, a slight lean to Canberra. Yeah. Okay. And second game of the round, mind you, there's only four this week to choose from. But the second game of the round is Friday night, Stadium Australia. We got the Rabbitohs versus North Queensland Cowboys. The modelers got a big view here. The market says the Rabbitohs are a dollar fifteen. North Queensland five fifty and the line sixteen and a half. I don't have really strong views here that they're both missing Origin players, both teams, and therefore it's it's hard to sort of get your numbers where you want them necessarily when you're taking bulk players out. But I can understand the angle for for North Queensland, even though they are out of form. That South are missing a heavy Origin contingent and influential players. So if I was to be in isolation, I'd I understand that angle for North Queensland. You do, in 2021, have trepidation backing against one of these top four or top five teams in reality. But, yeah, with without Origin players, so you're missing Latrell, you're missing Damien Cook, you're missing Cameron Murray for Souths. That's, I can understand this angle where you'd, you'd get traction in North Queensland. And Souths, can, sneakily, for a top four team, they concede a lot of points. They're averaging 20, 22 conceded per game. So you can see North Queensland scoring some points in this game, which is a problem in these one-sided affairs on paper that the outsider struggles to get a score on the board. And I can see North Queensland um, at least scoring tries, and that that obviously helps with those big lines that you're at least a chance to cover. And then we're talking then being being a close close affair in the match itself. So the modeler makes North Queensland 288 here and the, and the, the head-to-head's anything from 550 to $6. What I, from what I know in rugby league betting this year and that, the amount of favourites covering the minus, I'd be putting all that together and thinking I'm going to back the head-to-head and probably not look at the minus because I think you spoke about the stats last week. I think 60-odd percent of favourites are covering minuses this year and when they get over a certain range, it's even it's even higher. Yeah, that would be the angle I'd go down. That's that's spot on that I'd stay away from that plus at $1.90. Minus now. The value is in the head-to-head and especially at this price that if you are got a certain – share a wallet that you want to bet with, then I'd put the bulk of it on the head-to-head in, in this. That's where the angle is on these outsiders at the moment. And with the momentum that teams get, I'd almost go as far as even going going the 13-plus on North Queensland as well because when the teams get a run on, they win by a lot. Yeah, it's not silly. It's it's definitely worth – we've seen a few times with the outsider when they do when they do go over. So the momentum can work both ways. That One side, even if they are the outsider on paper, that they can still get momentum and, and the score can go in their favour. So – Makes a lot of sense what you're saying. So the last game we go to Sunday afternoon at four oh five at 
Nistrata Jubilee Stadium. I've had a bit of a shocker there. Um, Cronulla are taking on New Zealand Warriors. $1.53 Sharks, five-and-a-half-point favourites. What are you thinking about this one, Pope? Now, Strata is a temporary home ground for Cronulla too, for a bit of context around home ground favouritism, that this is a temporary home for Sharks over the last couple of years while they get their ground redeveloped too. So there's no real home ground advantage per se in what you'd account for a home team. I Again, another week, another game for the outsider, I think, in this one, that on paper, they look really similar, these two sides. And Warriors get the wonder kid back in this game, Reese Walsh, who got picked for Origin before coming down injured. The, the two best players in this game play for the Warriors, I think, in Roger Kiewasashek and Reese Walsh. So when you have that and they're significant outsiders in this, I just, again, the attraction is with the Warriors here, that part of this is they're re- they've lost their last four, but... Again, diving a bit deeper, three of those have been pipped in the last five minutes of a game. So they're not going as bad as that 0-4 reflects. And Cronulla lost to an inspired Broncos last week. So on the conversely, they're, they're a fickle up and down team. So I'll be Warriors head-to-head and I'll be Warriors 13-plus in this one. Logical one. They, these two teams look pretty even to me. And again, similar to the previous game, I think Warriors can get momentum in this game and go on and potentially win comfortably. Well, that is music to my ears because we're sitting here with the modeler's script because he also he makes this game basically pick them. In the last couple of times that you you have agreed with the modeler, the both of you agreed it's they've got home. So I think last week it was the Titans, this week it's the Warriors, and that looks like the play. It was remiss of me not to. Add, this is also the mailbag.com.au market mirror of the week. So this was nine and a half earlier in the week and gone into five and a half, and we still think it's a bet. So. We'll probably be also talking early bet here as well because based on this and how strong we are in our convictions, the model and myself, that this probably moves more towards the Warriors as the week goes on. Okay, so Pope, we've only got four games, but I think we've still found plenty to have a bet on this week, so plenty to look forward to. We've got Origin again early next week. We'll have some updates for that coming on our show next week. And uh, would you like to sign us off, please? Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.